sorry about that. That's take two. Uh, that's take one. Sorry, let's do take two. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Good Anime Palette Podcast. This you don't need to tell people what we've been doing. You just go straight into a recording. Okay, fine. This is... uh, Fine. Fine. Fuck it. This is Good Anime Palette Podcast, bits and pieces number nine. I am your co-host, Jason. I'm joined mind-fucked Will over here, who I gave him... um. A little insight on some of the stupidity that is on the internet, and his mind was just like going in circles. I I understood like the stupidity in the beginning, but then the lack of direction afterwards was just kind of like I really didn't know where this was going, and therefore the vibes were kind of off. But right. um, hey, but but but, yeah. but I tell you what, I had another topic in mind, and I think this one actually is has a lot of meat to it. All right, so. Every season, when we look over the new seasonal stuff, there is undoubtedly going to be bangers, stuff that we didn't expect to be good, and stuff that looks pretty bad, right? I would say that every time that number of animes that we end up watching or that ends up premiering is extremely high. But yeah, I mean, like if we're going to be doing like seasonal premieres, we want to be able to watch as much to be able to get a more objective perspective on the season. And then after we do the premieres, it's just really what we want to keep watching. There's obviously stuff in the summer season that I, I will continue to watch. And then there's others where like, I'm happy to put this on hold or kind of forget about it at whether or not I continue to watch it. I don't feel like I would lose out much. And I would say the number of animes that premieres that, from beginning to end for each season is around like 40 to 60, right? Yeah. And we have received news constantly. We don't report on all of them, but where Studio ABC gets shut down, Studio ABC gets overworked, animators get underpaid, overworked, mangakas take health hiatus, right? Then you add in the fact that now with the merger for Crunchyroll and Funimation, I seem to under seem to now really see the oversaturation and accessibility of anime has only increased over like, I don't know, the past like five to ten years, right? And now it is starting to get to the point where is it really that good to have that much oversaturation? We always talk about like who would watch this show? Is there really an audience for it? Why is there a second season when this isn't even a blip on our radar, right? And I was just wondering sort of not only what is your take on anime being oversaturated and overabundant and it potentially, har- in my opinion, harming the industry as a whole, but now with streaming being sort of the main way that people consume anime... And now even manga to a point, accessibility becomes a huge, huge thing to consider when you are a streaming platform or any platform, whether it is Bookwalker, where you get things uh, wholesale, or whether it is Crunchyroll. What do you think? I Well, that's kind of a given, to be fair. I mean, like when you're talking about Crunchyroll, talking about Netflix, talking about Hulu, whatever streaming platform there is, the main thing it's never really about quality anymore it's about quantity because if you have enough of a number of series on your platform then hopefully you'd be able to find that that gem that can propel your platform but it's also like it's kind of hard now where 
back in the day, it was if you wanted to, you know, watch The Sopranos, if you wanted to watch Game of Thrones, you had to go through HBO. It's a little bit different now with the fact that it's easier to get licensing for different series. But, you know, unless you have a real banger of an exclusive, it's not like people are going to only watch your platform just so they can only watch that one thing. Because once you're done watching it, like, what do you do afterwards? So there needs to be an extra plethora of other things to go along with it. Yeah, you end up finding the same stuff over and over and over again. But like, I don't think variety is necessarily a bad thing. So imagine like you go to like a supermarket and you find like 50 brands of the same cereal. Of course, there's going to be one or two that you like, but you ignore the rest. But it doesn't mean that like you want the others to not exist. It's fine for them to have because whatever happens to work for you might work for someone else. So, yeah, you could have 50 different isekais going in a year. And you and I have really seen enough isekais this year alone to be like, yeah, there's probably out of that 50, maybe four Five Isekais would be down to recommend if there was like a supernatural like mystery and it's like maybe only 10 in a year. Chances are we'll probably find one that works out well. It's it's it's, it's good to have like a safety net, I guess, in a sense uh, to you know have more than just one or two good things. You need to have some mediocre stuff and some bad stuff because, again, it just comes down to how you perceive it. For you and me, we have like specific tastes as to each genre, as to each trope. And if something meets those expectations, great. We'll happily preach it, share it, keep watching it. And if it's not our cup of tea, then we'll just ignore it, put it to the side, tell people to stay away from it. Right. I understand that. And obviously, this is a very complex, multifaceted issue. And I'm not going to assume that you and I have the, the, the solution that solves this really complex issue and some might even argue it's not an issue it's just a matter of natural progression of things yeah i think it's just that's just it right like if if your platform only had the good shit at that point you didn't have to think about well what really then defines good like what becomes the average then if your expectations like the bar gets raised that high then surely the only way is down afterwards and so it's not to say that like Companies make a calculated decision to release bad stuff to prepare to build the good stuff. Like that's it's not that simple. I don't think the companies are that stupid to be like, let's just make like fifty subpar products so that we can really focus on the one good product. We have seen it occasionally with some companies. Say for example, like technology companies releasing phones, like how Samsung releases new phones every year, but they end up releasing a new model that's cheaper. It ends up cannibalizing their own premium models and that stuff like that. Yeah, sometimes there are mistakes that happen like that. But generally, I feel that it's just you want to be able to push content. That's what the whole point in having these streaming platforms are as well. It's for the access of content. If you don't have enough of it, then it just doesn't really warrant the asking price of the subscription fees. Right. So it's not necessarily the problem of having good stuff. It's just having stuff so then you stay on the platform and unsubscribe and don't unsubscribe. You're talking real loud, by the way. Um, oh, sorry. So, um, yeah. So, if I was to talk like this, that's how, that's how loud you are. My um, bad. Basically, like, I, it's not like a problem, in my opinion. It's, again, it's just a consequence of people's expectations and people's tastes. Like, think about, like, how many, like, daytime dramas there are or how many, like, trash reality TV shows there are. Most of them are incredibly boring. A lot of them are really shit. But they're also some of the most viewed TV series 
of all time. Like whenever people talk about Love Island or talk about some soap that's happening in the daytime or talking about selling Sunset or, you know, Bling Empire, if you really, really look into it, the, the scripts are shit. It's not like all that interesting, but there's enough there for people to latch onto and make it popular. And then people will just, you know, talk to the end of the world about it. So sometimes it's not like a simple thing as to have quote unquote good stuff. It's just having stuff. And if enough people talk about it, like it, subscribe to it, I I don't see like why it wouldn't be a good business decision. In the end, like these these platforms aren't really there to showcase the best of media, the best of entertainment. In the end, their business is just to make money. Right. And I think we are now at the point where there are not only Netflix that came on the scene relatively within the past like 10, 15 years. I think it used to be pretty much Crunchyroll, right? And then Funimation, like these were the- You're talking about specifically anime, right? Yeah, anime at this point, right? It's just these two. Then now they merged and then Netflix obviously came somewhere in between. And now Netflix anime is a thing, whether or not that's a good or bad thing, it's it's a thing nonetheless, right? But I think recently, even within the past, like, the existence of this podcast, you have realized, and I've realized that all of a sudden, Disney is like, yo, Time Machine Blues? Yo. I mean, uh, Summertime Render is on Summertime Disney+. Summertime Render on Disney+. Plus. Oh, um, this is on Amazon Prime now. Or, hey, Hulu. Or... High Dive is picking up. High Dive ha- with Sentai, right? And I remember watching Teasing Master Takagi-san and it being a very good show but extremely inaccessible as the user as the consumer because the first season is only on Crunchyroll is it yeah no no the first season well, well, Takagi-san yeah Takagi-san season one on Crunchyroll season two on Netflix season, season three, three on, on High, High Dive. Dive right and how is it possible for the majority of people to consume it with all three services. That's just really difficult. Not everyone is like us to be that invested. That therein lies, like, I guess the main issue that we should get into. And it's in, in the end, like, the business decisions supersede anything else. Oh, no, I understand so, that. So, like, that's, that's the... why it's, like, for them, like, whoever is, like, holding the licenses for Takagi-san, hey, props to you for being able to negotiate three separate contracts with these three monoliths of anime streaming or just, just streaming in general. But... I also understand that like it comes at the detriment of the customers because then like if you were to be like a huge Takagi fan and you wanted to watch everything that would require three separate subscriptions or you go into illegal means, which in the end like, that's a whole different thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that, I don't really want to touch on that that much, right? Yeah. But it is but a it reality. Is, but, but it is a byproduct of the, the, the access that we get to certain things. Like back in the day when like music streaming was a thing, People didn't want to pay for subscriptions. People didn't want to buy CDs, so they had to use other, you know, illegal means to be able to access it. I think there's just in the end now, it's like the power of consumption is the thing that really dictates how businesses run their model. And therefore, if it means that they're going to be able to inflate their platform with enough content so that people would subscribe and only subscribe to it, perfect. If they're just another subscription amongst others that family households use, even better. It just means that no matter what, there's always money coming in. And so therefore, it's like, I don't think that necessarily the Crunchyroll or Netflix or High Dive are missing a beat in which they're not having like that extra season of Takagi-san. They're not exclusively holding on to it. In the end, like they'll know that, hey, 
if people do care enough about it and they have all three subscriptions, doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to us at all. As long as they're paying the subscription fee, that's good. I get my seven bucks a month, whatever it may be for whichever platform you use. But I do also see where it's, you know, like when you when you continuously inflate your platform with all this really mediocre shit, then it comes to the point where are you really getting value out of the money you put into this platform? Do yeah. You really like for the seven ninety nine or for however much you pay for your Netflix or your Am- no, not your Amazon, your your Disney Plus or whatever. It's like once you've consumed all the stuff you need to, like what else is there beyond just having a Netflix subscription? I think recently uh, on our on my Netflix coming soon, Naruto is coming soon, and I was just like, "What? What? Okay, why?" Yeah, they're bringing about the license again. Yeah, so these things are obviously not set in stone. Like things like could be an exclusive or could be like a timed exclusive, right? There was all these like in between areas, but I mean, there was a period when like Friends and Seinfeld were getting off of Netflix, uh, as well as um, The Office. Not Seinfeld. The Office and Friends. And during the last two months after they made the announcement that the contracts were not going to be renewed, like viewership just skyrocketed. And I get why. Because the fandom for those series is incredibly high. But in, in the same way where it's like if, for example, uh, you know, Naruto was to, you know, after like a five-year run, it's not going to be on Netflix anymore. I would assume that people will be watching all over again. I would right. assume so. But it's also when when I remember seeing Netflix anime at the time, it was Film Alchemist, Hunter Hunter, Bleach, One Piece, Naruto. So all, all the, the all the, the shonen all jumps. the typical like shonen classics, and it's like wonderful. It's cool to have anime on there. Problem is, I watched every single fucking one of them. And so, like, with the, especially with Netflix not being anime-centric, but definitely trying to pump up more content for the anime group, the anime circle, it's, it's hard for them to really gauge what the, quote-unquote, average Netflix user is. Because how many of them are watching movies on Netflix? How many of them are watching daytime TV or, like, like trash, like, reality TV? How many of them are actually just using Netflix exclusively to watch anime? Like I'm sure they have all the metrics. They definitely did because that's the whole point. Someone right? crunched business. the numbers or for did sure. something for sure. Yeah, yeah, and like for sure, like it's the same way with 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 Crunchyroll too. Knowing what anime to license or what originals to 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 get for the platform, you know, that's in the end like they have to make those calculated decisions because even like I said right, it's all business driven, but they still need to be able to push out a good product, and so. We've gotten to a point where I keep looking at the Netflix catalog, especially for anime. I, I do watch occasional like live action stuff, not the K dramas though. I like, don't really care about them anymore. Uh, but it's like when it comes to anime, like I've, I've pretty much watched everything there is on there. And if the stuff that is there that I haven't watched, I'm not interested in it, right? So does does that sort of go around to sort of answering your question, or do you think it further just complicates it? Well, it's less about answering a certain question as much as having a dialogue on, you know, look, we don't have these numbers that uh, these companies obviously have. Why would they release that? They would only release it when they need to boast. I mean, Netflix did that with like, hey, how many people actually watched "Quote unquote anime in the past year of our subscriber base, you know, we reported right. on that before. Well, well, let's let's move away from Netflix and actually onto Crunchyroll, then. right? Because okay. Crunchyroll being like the like the main guy, the main girl out there who has all the anime. 
has all the like, wonderful new releases, all the simulcasting, occasional originals and those as well. But like, even then, they lost a lot of the Funimation stuff in the merger too. Yes, but you would still say that like if it comes to a anime streaming platform, it's Crunchyroll. Absolutely, right? So like if there's one thing that one streaming service you need for anime, it is undoubtedly Crunchyroll. But even the level of saturation like hits them too, right? Because in the end, like, you're going to have like 50 different like magical girl anime. You're gonna have like a hundred thousand other like isekais. You're gonna have a bunch of shonens on there. And yeah, they'll be doing the simulcast, but at the same time, it's like, as we've seen with our summer premiere or like our other seasonal premiere episodes, it's not always like you just jump into a season and it's always good stuff. And at the same time, the licensing thing, Crunchyroll's not going to be licensing all of them either. There's going to be some stuff that's on High Dive, some that's on Disney+, Plus, some on Netflix, some on Amazon, or just some just exclusively in Japan. I mean, I think as a consumer it is extremely easy and naive to say like, well, if it was just all under one roof, then all is good. And I'm like, yeah, well, really, like, okay, sure, in this hypothetical world, yeah, then you can have access to everything. But reality doesn't work like that. And I'm just sort of saying that as a consumer of anime, right, it is comes to the point where, for example, my younger sister came back from the U.S. and then she just went back. There was a time when she was like, yo, let's watch some anime. And then she was like, well, what about your boy Kong Ming? And I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's really good, actually. Uh, and then she said, is it on Crunchyroll? And then I said, no, it's on High Dive. And she's like, oh, hey, then I don't care. And I'm like, why? It's like, because I only care about what's on Crunchyroll. And I'm just like, even if I were to give you the account, it's like, yeah. Crunchyroll. Well, I mean, that's that's I mean, that's an issue with any subscriber to any platform, right? Like, I have friends who only watch anime on Netflix. If it's not on Netflix, they're not going to watch it. Oh no! And I yeah. tell them too. It's like, well, if you want to watch anime, then like Crunchyroll is the place to be. It's like, yeah, but I don't want to pay an extra subscription. I already have a Netflix account. Fair like, enough, right? You know? It's it's just that it's like, and they also have enough anime on Netflix to be able to be you know satiated. They don't necessarily need an additional platform to watch other stuff. That's why, like, Verve, I thought was a very good in-between spot where it is you pay a fee, but then is, like, these services combined, right? And I don't really know how to solve this issue or if it can even be solved, but would it even be possible to sort of say, like, how about this genre of shows as and well, only plan. Well, let's look at the extremes of this situation. Sure, then, let's, right? go, let's, let's do it. Let's say, for example, there is, like, no streaming platform just one yeah and that one platform has everything on there mm -hmm. right th th i think that would then further accentuate the saturation issue that we yes. mentioned earlier right where it's just you have such a huge database of stuff how are you going to go around watching them and then at the same time it's like if everything on there if, if all the stuff is on there and you've already watched all the good stuff what do consumers have as an alternative on the other end Let's say that you have like the same studios, right? You have Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime, uh, Amazon Prime Video. I mean, uh, then you have High Dive, Crunchyroll, so on and so forth. And every platform has their own set of series. We're talking specifically anime, right? It'll, it'll just get really confusing if you do an like movies and live yeah, action yeah, stuff. Yeah, like let's not. If let's it's not. just anime, so for example, like Amazon Prime gets Naruto, 
right? Disney Plus gets Bleach. Crunchyroll gets like One Piece. It's it's almost like a draft. It's like let's say like right. they, they all have their own specific roster. No crossovers whatsoever. Do you think that there's enough of a push for this kind of situation where an anime fan would subscribe to every platform? No, I don't think that is a very feasible decision. I mean, I'm sure there are people who who will do that, right? And for those people, I'm like, good for you. Like, honestly, like you have the ability to go to all these platforms. But you're paying almost $70 to $100 a month just to be able to watch everything. Exactly. Right? It's like that, uh, you know, like the currency of the human beings is what? Time, energy, and money. And if you are old, midlife, or an elderly, your uh, the amount of time, energy, and money that you have is different in each of these three. Speaking of which, by the time in your elderly life, in your 70s, you think you'll still be holding on to your Crunchyroll account? Or do you think Crunchyroll will still exist at that point? You know what it would be? It would be it'll directly be, be, in, in, in my... like Crunchyroll will be merged with someone else, right? It'll be a crunchy Netflix... Oh, no, I don't, I don't want to imagine Crunchy that. flicks? That would actually be terrible if that ever happened. Because then, like... Who would do the this, this crunch flicks? No, here's the because we already have issues with Netflix and their subtitle quality. Yeah, and Crunchyroll's not that great either. So when you merge the two together, then you have no subtitles, right? And I mean, like, look, I mean, this goes into a more like specific thing where people who we know who only have Netflix because that's just the way it is for them, and they're not willing to pay for Crunchyroll. Very fine and fine. You have every right to do that, right? But then when I go like, well, the subtitles is bad and they're like, yeah, but it's not that bad to the point where I need to worry about it or I got the overall gist. Right. And it is is really a different viewpoint that we have that others either don't care or don't mind. And sometimes I feel really conflicted because on one hand, I want to be as comprehensive as possible. But on the other hand it's impossible to satiate the needs and requirements of every single person that would listen to this podcast. I mean, we've had issues of, well, are our listeners newcomers to anime manga or are they literally veterans that knows every trope, meme, and reference that we make and they'll just get it right away or it'll just fly over their heads? And... It's just something that I have always been at the back of my mind. It's like, well, is the merger a good thing for Crunchyroll and Funimation? I guess, maybe, not really, I don't know. And I just want to sort of say, like, how is it possible? I mean, actually, I do know why. But the thought of all these studios shutting down or overworked people losing their jobs and how anime is bigger than ever, and in many ways, better than ever. That's subjective. Uh, pretty subjective. There. It is an extremely subjective view. I'd, I'd but say you that, can't I'd, say I'd, that people... I'd, I'd say that the, that the quality of anime is still pretty much the same, but it's the reach, right? It's the fact that like it's become more and more easily accessible, that now people are paying more attention to it. So therefore, you have a larger group of people who give insight to it. You're hearing more voices, more opinions, and inevitably more reviews. Um, the the one thing I did want to pose though, right? So, Damachi, right? The the 
the, the anime that's doing it. Is it hard to pick up girls in a dungeon, something like that? Yeah. So the first three seasons were on Crunchyroll, right? I think so. And did it end up not getting renewed on Crunchyroll, and therefore it's on High Dive now? You see that? That's the question. Okay, first of all, yes, it's on High Dive for season four. I don't know if it's also being on Crunchyroll too. I just remember there was a series that was previously on Netflix or Crunchyroll, and then it did not get renewed for those uh, platforms. And instead, High Dive picked up the license and continued the syndication of it. Um, I think that's like sort of one thing. It's not so much like talking about from the the streaming platform perspective, but from the studios and the people who hold the IPs. Like when you are in a situation where your product is no longer on a dedicated platform that you know is like known for just pure anime or pure live action or whatever maybe, and then you go into like a smaller platform or a platform where like let's be real, like there's not nearly as many people who have high dive as opposed to having Crunchyroll. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I checked on Crunchyroll's uh, lineup; they do not have Don Machi. So there you go. So then the, the license expired with Crunchyroll, and then afterwards, then it got renewed, picked up by High Dive. Right. So, in effect then, like, do you think that that would have any effect on the the fandom, or at least, like... A hundred percent, I think it will. You know? Cause, because cause you're, you're, you're subscribing to, like, a smaller fan base that have High Dive accounts compared to people who have Crunchyroll accounts. I mean, it's very simple. I think the majority of them, well, I guess I won't watch season four then. That's literally the way, just like my sister's yeah. like, it's not on Crunchyroll, then... Or not on Netflix, then I'm not going to like, watch it. Is there it. enough of a push for people to be like, you know what? Maybe it is time for me to get a high dive account. Maybe, you know? maybe for some of some people for sure. But I mean, I guess if you want to watch Takaki San season three as well, right? Like, but again, it's it's just it it's that dilemma afterwards where like if you want to have your 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 your, your source readily available across multiple platforms, I'm sure that when it comes to license negotiations. You don't have as much wiggle room. Right. Right. You get paid whatever from this platform. You're going to get the same paid from that platform. You can't really negotiate there. But if you are going exclusively with certain platforms, there is a, an easier method to trying to get more bang for your buck, especially from the licensing studios. I just feel like every single uh, viewer only has that much time of the day in their lives to consume anything in this case strictly we're talking about anime or manga right but the studios can only produce a certain amount of work and it can only be licensed by either all of them some of them or one of them right i wonder obviously because we don't know for a fact how does the studio feel about this break in license is it just well it's the way it is so it's tough but whatever but I sincerely think that there is a portion of people that would be like, well, why isn't this on there? And instead, they might throw hate at the studio, even though they might have little to nothing to do about it. And then they'll be like, why isn't it on Crunchyroll? When in reality, it's like the license expired or they aren't willing to pay up, but High Dive is willing to pay a better price. So technically, it can fund the studio better well that's also why then we have illegal streaming as well right if only it was that simple for people to understand i would like to think that people can separate the licensing studios from the actual production studios or just like there's executive ex- committees right exactly. they're the ones who actually just earn because, the money like you make an anime doesn't mean it's going to be on crunchyroll 
unfortunately, right? Just because you make a live action TV show doesn't mean it's going to be streamed on Netflix. That's just not always the case. And you that are, you all you you have so many platforms. Sometimes you just give your property to the highest bidder, and if it's not Crunchyroll Netflix. And whoever paid you more money, you're going to take it. And that's why Crunchyroll exclusives or Crunchyroll originals and Netflix exclusives are in many ways so aggressively sought after. And also, like, paid the most, too. Exactly. I mean, like, no further, like, examples than Squid Game and Stranger Things. The fact that, like, how much money it got in terms of funding, like, not just for the whole production, but also, like, specific episodes. Like, the amount of money they pumped into Stranger Things fucking crazy it's like a million five amid a time when they've also lost two million subscribers over the past two quarters yeah and thinking about slashing prices on their plans or altering Which their they plans need to. i think they need to like, go to more aggressive maybe even desperate means to be able to like, retain or even like, bring back some of the people they've lost i mean one reason or another i think it's also the fact that like with people now realizing that there is a world outside and like even with COVID, there's a can, world outside. Even with COVID, you can still go out and have some semblance of a normal life. Maybe they just don't need as much Netflix time anymore, or they maybe were, they're also just realizing, I don't need as many subscriptions. I'm just gonna pick and choose which ones I want, and if Netflix is on the chopping block, then off it goes. I think it's also the other thing as well, where like people are starting to not have individual accounts and get more family accounts. Yes. But then Netflix uh, yeah. is also trying to clamp that down by like IP tracing and all that, which then is also like getting into the whole invasion of like privacy, especially digital privacy. Uh, so that's and then, and then VPNs, and then what about yeah, that? Right, it's very messy. So like I think we've already said, right? There really is no like one answer for all. It's it's too big an issue for us to just for just two weebs sitting here right now to take and we don't have all the numbers how, how we're going to fix Crunchyroll on Netflix right or anime in general right but what hap- what about like alternative sources of funding so we have witnessed Kickstarter or, yeah. with the girl from the other side Little Witch Academia from Studio Trigger I mean there's a Mononoke not Princess Mononoke but the horror friend uh, horror series Mononoke is getting a film on Kickstarter uh, I think there is another one for Wit Studio for their uh, anniversary, tenth anniversary one. It is possible. I just don't think it's sustainable. You don't think so? Well, because it's if it's community driven, yeah. There's going to be a point when that well runs dry, though. And in the end, like as much as you want to be able to get the power of the people to help to push your projects, nothing is sweeter than getting that big fat corporate paycheck of however much money it is for you to run and build new projects in the end like you can only go so far with just purely donations i think it's just how, how many of these studios are really doing these right like not look, much of course right? not many and Sorry. so therefore and i think that makes sense if like all of us look if if mappa were to start doing this shit i think we're in trouble at that point where a studio as big as mappa is then going to like a fund like a funding program like uh kickstarter or gofundme then i think we're like what's going on with the industry right i think what 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 studio wanted to do was something that was more of like a fresh approach and not necessarily dictated by big corporate and be able to run a project based on what their vision was and hey look they managed to do girl from the other side you know we partially funded that not not of course by by partially i mean like 0.00001 percent we're just a little dime within the ocean. We're but, a Kickstarter donor. Yes. Yes. So like we I, I, I can definitely see the merits of it. I just don't 
like think it is a sustainable thing to do. And therefore, it's like if it's like a project based kind of thing where it's like a little bit here, a little bit there. Fine. I don't ever want to see like studios as big as like uh, Kyoani or Kyoani. Well, Kyoani maybe, maybe, if it's, like, yeah, for for specific reasons. I mean, I could see Sansaru doing a Kickstarter, right? Right. But it's like when it comes to like, it's trying to find that balance of just pushing out a product that you know that the masses will like, as opposed to pushing out an original or a passion project that. You know, you wouldn't be able to get past corporate, but you'd be able to get past to the fans who subscribe to your shit, right? Like, I would be very happy to give a little bit of money to Union Choi if she's going to put together a new anime. Because as much as I felt that Yuri Deco was a disappointment, I still like the studio as a whole, and I would like to continue seeing them push the boundaries and make more like out of this world avant garde shit. Because I, I support the studio, but. It only goes so far with like the support from your fans, from uh, from from the from the donors of these these funding programs. In the end, like unfortunately, it's 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 big business. It's the yeah. big bucks that count. I know. And as the more and more fans of anime increases, the pie gets larger and larger and larger, and people want more and more and more of that pie. On Netflix, I think you and I both agree that there. Netflix exclusives in the past year or two or maybe three have been overall a In- little lackluster. Incredibly mediocre. I think, like, what was it? Uh, Kataro Lives Alone was the only one that I think is, like, emphatically, empirically good. But you good. could see how low production that one was. Exactly. And that somehow managed to eclipse Bubble, which is, like, the greatest like, cast from it a dictatorial so expensive. Right? Like... It must not be cheap to be able to book Sawano for your work, right? Or Tetsu Araki to direct your work. Like these are these are big names, and they also got some big name voice actors and actresses. But that shit was boring. But you know what? I think Netflix has done recently that I think from the anime front that they're very smart in at least is getting the license, not as a Netflix exclusive, or maybe they get the license to premiere it worldwide. And then tack on the Netflix exclusive uh, logo. So, for example, uh, Uncle Isekai right now is mainly, or if not only, available on Netflix. I think Comey Can't Communicate is another one that is not was made outside of the Netflix bubble, but they got the license for yeah, it. They just go back to Netflix in the end, huh? Even though we were talking about anime and manga and all that. I, mean, I, I think because I, I understand, of course, that like with Netflix doing this as an approach, it's definitely good considering that you know, being able to be relevant on all fronts is a good thing. Cause th- th- that's what they are, right? They have so many different shows in different languages that they have to be able to find one formula or several formulas that can work for the region to region, culture to culture, creed to creed. But that that's a given with the fact that Netflix was the first big mainstream streaming platform. And so therefore to see them make those efforts to be able to grow out their, their anime platform, I'd, I'd say despite of it, despite it being like very mediocre, you have to at least applaud the effort they put into it. Yeah. And I think if we go back f- from anime and go into manga, I think that one actually is a more, dark horse in terms of being a very impactful industry because 
currently as it stands, the only uh, place that you can really buy digital manga. Again, yeah, you can buy physical, but like if we exclude that for the time being. The real only place is Bookwalker. I mean, it's the same way where it's like, oh, if you don't want to stream, you can just buy DVDs. But it's like, no one's fucking doing that. Yeah, no. It's much easier just to stream, right? Right. In the same way that, yeah, you could buy physical manga, but it's most people use their phones or use their computers to read their manga. Right. And with Bookwalker, their prices for, uh, this is, is always your gripe about that, but you could say the same thing about Blu-rays. Yeah. It's in the end. It's just you. You want like the real product. You're gonna have to pay a pretty penny for it, and if you don't want to own the IP but be able to access it. Yeah, you can do it for cheaper, but good luck trying to find a region that you have access to it. So, it's it's great that we're able to get Manga Plus. It's for sure. There's there's a lot of other uh, platforms. I use Azuki. Yeah, and I use Mangamo as well, uh, which is also free and legal too. So. The thing with like the manga world is that it's still like there's a lot to catch up with in terms of being able to distribute globally on a digital level, and it's not and like the, for people saying oh people just don't really read as much manga, it's bullshit. Do you, do you do you remember when you were talking about how many copies of manga that my dress up darling sold after it aired? Millions, yeah. millions of people are still reading this shit. There's, do you? There's no way that people aren't reading manga. In fact, manga is probably more than ever and it's because of the fact that the anime is coming out and being able to propel it so you want to tell me that like no one's reading manga now do you know how many sales are still high as shit every year do you know how many times i personally have seen news stories of uh chainsaw man and demon slayer is on the new york times bestseller list of all types of books not just graphic novels and manga real loud sorry i'm just Excited about talking about yeah. manga, right? Yeah, I think it's you, your, you might have to thing. adjust my volume for yeah, this cool. bits and pieces. It's cool. Um, but, uh, no, we but, don't report on it because it's old news. and it. But we do see it all the time, right? The fact that Chainsaw Man even now has transitioned to a digital platform shows Viz Media's like uh, not only acceptance it's their change in strategy yeah. just trying to be able to maximize what they can get out of this property it's not just down to here's a platform that uh, we have manga you can buy and here is a, a manga that was made by our publication uh, check it out no it's also now it's like oh we know we got some good stuff we're going to be able to get it to you but it's like you're going to have to use this platform to do it and uh, one it's good for Fujimoto because he gets much more transparency, and it's good for us because we get to access it for free, or we get or we pay for it because you can buy digital copies of it. In the end, I think that the 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 problems when it comes to the distribution of digital manga, that's something that it, it, the the manga plus jump plus platforms only came out in the last four years, and only properly started getting stuff on there two years ago. I would say. And that was when, like, you could start reading Chainsaw Man. I think around that time, I was like, I think Spike's oh, family, that too, that yeah. too, Kaiju Number Eight, I think, and, and also now Mashal as well, right? So there's definitely like an avenue for people to like want to yearn for more manga, and it's not just anime. I think now it's the reason why there's probably going to be more and more people reading manga is because, hey, spoiler alert, sometimes anime can be pretty mid. Sometimes the animes that come out outside of your typical sequels, it can be kind of dry. And so therefore, like you usually do, you just try and find a deep dive into the manga world and see, 
well, if there's nothing that's good right now, what can I expect from the Jump lineup that could potentially become a good anime series? That's where Chainsaw Man came out. I mean, that's where Mashal and Spy X Family came out. Yeah, that's where Call of the Night, uh, what was the other couple of ones? Blue Lock that I saw, Blue Period. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's another blue something, but there isn't. Uh, there's a lot of these mangas, like even Dress Up Darling, where I read it and I was like, this has the potential to be a really good anime. And some ended up being very good, some not so good, right? So my, I guess, sort of to round it all up, if you could be a prophet, Will, what, which direction do you see the future of anime and manga in like the next year or two or even like five That's years it. i would say like in next five years five years i would years. say the next year or two it would just be the same same it, yeah, would, just it, should be, be, yeah. it would just be people trying to find ways to retain their kind of their subscriptions be able to get more people to join you would just find more exclusives showing up in the end though i think like if you were to look beyond the two years and go like Five years, or maybe eight. even ten yeah, years, right? Exactly. Yeah, you're going to see another M and A. You're going to see another for another company get merged or acquired, because that's just how business works. You 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 want to elevate your own business. Sometimes you just got to buy out the competition. So I would not be surprised if there is ever any discussions between, say, for example, like Hulu and Netflix, or Disney Plus absorbs High Dive, something like that. The, the, I, 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 actually I, can, I think that's I can, a I can guarantee you that in five years time there will be another acquisition and it would be Disney involved yeah right and who knows like we also don't know what the webtoon platform is going to look like in five years time right there's been a lot of interest in people not only doing manga like anime adaptations that the month was there's been like a long line of live adaptations of these webtoons and manhwas as well so Maybe Webtoon gets acquired. Maybe like there's gonna be a merger between two different uh, manga streaming platforms, right? Maybe Azuki then gets bought up by someone else. Who knows? I but I would wager though that an acquisition is gonna come in five years time, another big one, and not just like a small sort of like, oh, we're gonna partner up together and then we're going to you know put our catalog. No, it's gonna be as big as like Sony Funimation, Crunchyroll, Warner Brothers. It's gonna be Warner Media. It's gonna be that big. And it, I, I, I think that it will probably happen, yeah, five years. I would see it happen in five years. Okay. As for manga, on the other hand, like I think that we're still very much in the infancy of manga and Jump Plus. I think that Azuki only really came up like within the last year. It's very young. It's not like it's there's that much on there. I think that's the more interesting area because you never know with manga because I didn't anticipate that anime would be this prevalent this fast. I knew like more people are going to adopt it over time, but the fact that Crunchyroll got bought and the fact that it merged with Funimation to me is such an earth shattering news that I did not realize that over eight to 10 years ago, I was watching this on this pla- I was watching Crunchyroll anime on there and it was just this sort of whatever website that I've never heard of that I'm like oh it just got ads okay right and then all of a sudden today you cannot say anime streaming without mentioning Crunchyroll at all I think that 
if we go into the manga side, I mean, like Azuki, like they're not they're not technically like Kodansha, but they're partnered with Kodansha with with a lot of their works, right? yes. And then you, of course, you know, Jump and Manga Plus being part of the Shonen lineup, I would not imagine it to be crazy if those two publications or if like Chicago Gone gets their hat into the throws a hat into the ring as well and does like a pseudo merger platform. Because it has happened before. The fact that it's like you have like all these different studios and none of them were ever exclusive to producing a certain publications like anime. They're never they're manga, right? They're never just like, oh, you guys are only ever going to do jump stuff. You're only ever going to do stuff that is licensed by Kodansha. You're never only ever going to do Shakakana stuff. No. Uh, manga is a little bit more, anime is a little more freeform. But manga, however, though, it's like you're never going to see other as you know is attack attack on titans not on john plus right because it's kodansha or did they actually get, did they get the licenses to for my it? knowledge it is on crunchyroll manga of all places yeah so you're i mean you see one punch man on jump plus for sure right you'll see naruto you see bleach and all that but you're not going to see blue lock no right and you're also you're not going to see mashal on azuki but if you were to try and find some sort of aggregate platform like verve Equivalent, I, I wouldn't imagine. I would, I would imagine that like the likes of Shikaku Khan and Kodansha and and uh Shonen, Shonen uh, WSJ would essentially, yeah, Shoisha more like actually create some sort of all encompassing platform. It depends on how they choose to divvy up the, the stocks and uh, like the actual like equity within the company, but it has happened, it has happened before. So let's see. It's it's a little less clear in how manga will go because it's still very much like, will will print survive? Will digital take over? How successful will manga really be in the future? Will people actually stop reading and just watch more stuff? It's a little less clear. It's what's more clear is that anime is going to be here to stay. It just depends on what platforms are going to exist or get merged as time goes by. And I think that is the end of our discussion for now on the current state it's never gonna end really it's not gonna end of course it's not but we will see maybe as like a time capsule thing maybe a year or two down the road how much has changed or nothing has changed at all or could we see sort of future changes incoming just just you know we'll, we'll date back to this episode when the new merger comes up or when a new manga platform comes up it's gonna happen it absolutely will happen and it's not like what I'm saying is super prophetic either. It's no, like, it isn't. Yeah. No, but I, I I like that kind of discussion because it is not necessarily very forward facing. It's rather behind the scenes, nitty gritty statistics and right. negotiation. Well, deals. Let, let's let's repose the question back to you then, right? Like, what do you want to see out of these streaming platforms? Because you talked about oversaturation. You talked about the limitations of going exclusive and forcing consumers to either also subscribe to your platform or be forced to cut certain subscriptions. Like, what do you want to see out of the streaming world in the coming years? So I actually have been wrestling with that question in my mind, and there has to be this balance between the consumer, the companies, and the animators that produce right the product, right? And... The first thing that comes to my mind is timed exclusives rather than full exclusivity. So, for example, you get Komi Can't Communicate or Uncle Isekai Netflix. You you guys get it for a full year. 
then afterwards they have or or you you could simulcast it but once it's done then every other platform can stream it right something like that because usually uh the people who want it really badly would consume it as they go week by week just like we do and then once it's once it's over yeah you you would revisit it now and again but we rarely revisit shows a lot of people don't so having the timed exclusive is a in my opinion, a much easier pill for the original licensee, licensor, to be like, all right, fine, I'll release it after like a certain period of time. I mean, video games do that with certain properties. The other thing that I think is... I mean, it's the same way where it's like you have a game that's on like the PlayStation Network or the Xbox market or the Switch market, and after a period of time, like let's say it's been out for a year or two, then you'd be like, Okay, we still want to sell it to you, but we'll sell it to you for like fifty percent off. Here, seventy percent. Oh, have it for free. You have a subscription to us. In the same way, where it's like this anime has been out for fifteen years. Maybe it's about time we just go ahead and just share it to everyone else. Like everyone's already watched it, right? So here, have it for free, or just like have it like have it for free. Yeah, have it. Yeah, have it your way. <laughs> have it your way. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, the other thing that I would say is uh, service convergence, which is like the Verve equivalent. And people will be like, yeah, but you're asking for something that's pie in the sky. Then I guess my concession there is, how about if it's just anime exclusive? So somehow I don't know if it's even possible, but be like, you can only watch Netflix anime. You can't watch the live action stuff. And I don't even know if that's even a smart decision to segment it like that, but have a service that at least aggregates, as you said, whether it is anime or manga, from these various sources and pay a lesser price than to have each individual subscription service. And uh, the last one, which I think is a bit of a hot take, is branding. In what way? So, for example... We have seen plenty of times. Actually, you know what? Devil's a part-timer season two has that. It's clearly McDonald's, right? Yeah. Actually have McDonald's there. McDonald's, yeah. Right. But actually use McDonald's. Yeah. Or the Pakari sweat equivalent. Do you know how many times we have seen? Or Twitter, right? That name brand. And people having or to say. Or instead of saying Pucky, it's Pucka. Or instead of saying Line, it's Pine. But it's like, okay, clearly even the, the green, it's Line. Okay. Yeah. And have it such that with these integrations yeah it's in many ways it's gonna suck because what i don't want my that is company. a hot that is a hot take that is because, a hot take because imagine like how censorship laws already exist in japan like the ball ache that the companies are gonna have to go through just to be able to green like the usage of mcdonald's in their anime i'm not saying you have to right i mean i, I know where you're going at it's just like you said though it's it's by far the hardest thing. It's to do. really hard. That's why I ended it last. But uh, was it who sang who sang the Jesus Christ and Eve? Uh, uh, yeah, Eve. They did a they did a low tea lot, the chocolate company latte. Yeah, one of their music videos is just straight up an advertisement for their platform. But it's like a Valentine's Day music video. You seen those Kaguya commercials for the cup noodles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is in Japanese, but we also get that brand here in Hong Kong. I, I get it. Like those are like paid ad spots for sure, but it might not be that hard. Like you, like you were trying to say, to put a paid ad spot 
in the anime itself. Right. Like, oh, that, you, oh that sounds controversial. Right. By like, the way. you strive, you, you drive down uh, you, the you, highway, you, and but then you realize that every episode that starts up is like, there will be paid advertising in this episode. They have to do that because if they already do that for YouTube, you best believe they're going to do it for an anime. I'm not saying that this is a good idea. I'm just saying that this is an idea. Yeah. I mean, you're just throwing out solutions whether or not they work. Yeah. Right. I mean, the other one that I thought of was have more original anime so then you can retain the rights and then have massive amounts of spinoffs and merchandise. And that one is a hard, hard, hard pill to swallow. Not everyone can be three hertz. Not everyone can be A1 Pictures. Okay. It's, 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 not everyone can be fucking Piero with Akadama Drive. It's, it's, as you see, right? It's, it's incredibly fucking hard to make one, not let alone two or three or however many original series it could work but in the end that more helps to propel the studio itself as opposed to like where am i going with this i don't know it's i mean do you think like that would be like a solution though to like your 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 anime it could be a combination of a lot of different ideas and uh you know uh corporate sponsorship being a small portion if any yeah right I guess. I also, mean, like if we're talking about anime originals, we did a whole episode on that before, and yeah. how hard it really is to do an anime original. and do it well too. What about anime outsourcing? Yeah, I mean, it has already happened all, all everywhere. Yeah, Vietnam, South Korea, and these people do Vietnam, good work. Philippines, and then that goes into the whole thing of well, what is? I anime? mean, I remember like seeing enough series where like the credits roll and like the animators, like fifty percent of them aren't even Japanese. There's like a fan or a feng or a hoi in there. It's like there's a lot a of new in. There's a lot of Vietnamese animators and developers there too. It's just like you gotta recognize where the hard work comes from. So, so I guess that's maybe just like our our foresight into what anime will look like in the future. It, it again, we could be completely off the mark, but I don't think it's that crazy that we're gonna see more originals. I don't think it's that crazy that we're gonna see another merger or acquisition happening in the future. Yeah, and stay tuned two years in the future when Will and I have this exact same conversation, but instead of anime and manga is light novels and visual novels. You're not okay, well Oh yeah. Yeah, I knew it. So that is the end of our bits and pieces number nine. You can always reach us through our email, jpal at gmail.com, J P A L E T T E, our handle at Palette Good on Twitter. And our website, www.goodanimepalette.com, all one word. Our intro music is Relaxation Station by Magnus Ringblum. And our outro music is Golden Rules by Luax. Our royalty-free music was provided by Epidemic Sound. If you're interested, you can sign up using our referral link in the show description to get 10% off in the first 12 months and the first 30 days of description for free terms and conditions apply. This is one of the heaviest BPs we've done in a while. I think like and the, and uh, this was my backup. I wasn't exa- I wasn't expecting it to be this heavy, but then when you posed the question of what you see is the future of streaming for anime and manga, like that's wow. <laughs> you ready to open up Pandora's box? Yeah, that's why I went with the first take, and then I realized how that, how think, shitty that was. Though, at least, like with this, there's structure and there's direction with this. Like I know, like how to answer it because it's not that crazy to talk about like what the future of anime streaming will be, like what it means to be able to access manga digitally. Whereas, like the previous topic that we wanted to air, maybe we'll air sometime in the future if we do record it again. 
it, it's going to require just a, a tad bit of research, just a little bit, because, uh, damn, I was so fucking lost when you were going. Yeah, that, we're not going to revisit that issue ever again, but it was pretty funny when I saw your face kind of, it was painful. It was super <laughs> painful, wasn't it? All right. Well, thanks very much, y'all, for listening to this. Hey, look, like if you ever want to talk about like how painful it is for you to choose between using High Dive, Crunchyroll, Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or whatever platform you use to watch your anime and your, I suppose, live actions, drop us a note. We also want to hear your complaints and uh, the struggles that you have to go through to be able to access the good old anime. Because even though we've got a fuck ton of uh, sub- subscriptions ourselves, we can't watch everything because. Japan holds some of the good stuff too. Yeah, and if you want to sort of, you know, like uncensored harems, labyrinth, wink, wink, the labs, uh, uncensored. Uh, well, I don't know if I really want to watch uncensored world and harem because that's already a, still a bad show, even with the the tits and ass. Yeah, yeah it is. All right. Um. So yeah, stay tuned for other bits and pieces uh, where we uh, mince words and uh, talk shit about the in- industry and Maybe pretend we-, we know more than we do. I-, I would say that we we do know a fair amount, but like again, don't don't take this for like actual advice. This is just for purely entertainment purposes and speculative. Exactly. Like if if Crunchyroll calls me and says, "Do you think we're gonna get fucking acquired again?" It's like, no, I that 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 totally not saying that. I'm saying that it's a possibility. What happens if Crunchyroll calls us and and is like, "Yo, Will, Jason, you make some pretty interesting takes. How would you feel if you will be our VP of marketing?" They no, they come to us and say, "We heard what you said. Here's ten million dollars. Never say it again." It's like, okay, all right. <laughs> well, actually, you won't hear it because we will never say it again. Crunchyroll is a great company. <laughs> We are robots. All right. <laughs> <laughs>